Welcome to Leading Lights. You are about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. So today I'm finishing our series on the three parts of man, body, soul, and spirit, and I'm feeling a burden from the Lord that today is an important day and that today's message is an important message. It's bringing it all together, but I felt like the Lord said that for some people today is going to be a significant turning point where a whole lot of things fall into place and your life is changed by God's Word. So I'm trusting Him for that, and I just give Him the thanks for that. It's nothing that we as humans can take credit for. He's the one who does all the work. So I'm going to ask your participation. There are three parts of a human being. What are they? Body, soul, spirit. Even if you say it wrong, I'll say the right thing so you don't have to be embarrassed, okay? Somebody was saying hand, kidney, nose, no? Body, soul, and spirit. Your body is how you are aware of the outside world. Your soul is how you are aware of yourself. Your spirit is how you are aware of God. So, be honest. How's your body? Anyone want to shout out, how are you feeling today? Anyone not feeling good? Anyone have an infected back tooth? that caused them intense pain the whole of last week. I'm putting my hand up. Yay. It's amazing how a little thing can cause so much grief, isn't it? One tooth. So your body is one thing, and the Bible says we're going to get a new body when we get to heaven, and that our body can follow along with our soul and our spirit as we get it closer to the Lord. So that, that's your body. However, unfortunately, some people are guided by their bodies. Whatever their body says they need, they, they follow that. And the Bible says that our body can be uh, or is trained by sin, and so it's something called the flesh that leads us into sin. Your soul is how you're aware of yourself. This is your feelings, your mental state, whether you're at peace or whether you're happy or all these different things. How's your soul? Let's be honest. Who's feeling out of uh, 10 out of 10, who's feeling 10 out of 10 good today? No one. Well, okay. Who's feeling better than 7 out of 10? Wow, that's really good. Who's feeling between 7 and 3? I'm sorry. Who's feeling 3 and below? I thought Torero was lifting his hand. He was just having a drink of his <laughs> coffee. So that's your soul. You know how your emotions go up and down, don't they? You can get a phone call or you can hear a news report or you can get something in the mail and your emotions that were fine are just right down there. You've lost your job, your bank balance is gone or whatever. There's so many things that can cause your emotions to go like this. Isn't that true? And let's be honest. Hormones and even the stuff you eat can make your emotions go up and down. You can have a bad night's sleep. How many of you have woken up having a dream 
that isn't even true. It's just a dream, but it affects your relationships and your emotions. After you wake up, you start treating your wife or husband badly because in the dream you had a fight. Your emotions are all over, aren't they? How's your spirit? If you're a Christian, you see, these two we can rely on our feelings to know. Your body, you can use your five senses to tell how your body is and how the outside world is. Your soul, you can sense how you're feeling, what's going on in your soul. But your spirit is, the Bible says it's invisible. It says flesh and blood cannot interact with it. It's not linked to your five senses. And so you don't know how your spirit is, but God has given us a mirror. The Bible is called a mirror in three places in the New Testament. It's called a mirror, and it tells you how your spirit is, and boy, it's an amazing thing. Amazing. It's full of Jesus. It's pure, righteous, clean, accepted, one with God. 1 Corinthians six nineteen says, if anyone unites himself with the Lord, he is one spirit with him. Your spirit and his spirit are the same thing. It's amazing. Your spirit is full of power, life, uh, forgiveness, joy, peace, all of the blessings of God. Amazing stuff. Philippians 2.13 says, In your spirit, God is working energetically to make you want to do the right thing and able to do the right thing. There's power in there. So, are you going to be? We, we are all three. There's no, nobody can get away with being just one or the other. We are all three. But are you going to be led by this thing, body? Led by emotions and, and your personality? Or are you going to be led by the Spirit? That's what this whole series of talks has been about. And today I want to read a passage that brings it all together and makes it practical. And there's going to be, for every single one of us, there'll be at least one, maybe two or three points that really, if you grab a hold of them, will change your life forever. So Ephesians 4 verse 22, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. He, he's imagining, he's using the language of clothing, and he says your body is this old man that's corrupted by deceitful lust. He says you can put it off. Now, you can't really put it off, but in your mind you can. So the next verse says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, this is confusing. Greg, is it spirit or is it mind? Ah, there is an overlap. Your spirit can bleed into, seep into, overflow into your soul so that your mind becomes a spiritual mind. The Bible talks about having a spiritual mind, and he says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. In other words, let the spiritual life, truth, joy, peace, forgiveness, blessing come into your mind, let your mind be renewed and influenced and filled and changed and touched by the Spirit. So we're putting off in my mind. What does this mean? It means I have a, a virtual clothes changing session every morning where I wake up, I look in the physical mirror and I go, oh boy. Then I say, no, I'm going to look in the spiritual mirror and I'm going to take off my person. My identity of who I am as a person is not what my body says, what my past says, what other people say. I'm putting off the old man. I'm being renewed in the spirit of my mind. 
And then he says in verse 25, sorry, verse 24, put on the new man. So now I'm putting on this new man, which was created according to God. It's past tense. I'm not a bad person trying to get good. I've already got this good new man. The power and the fullness of God is in my spirit, but I put it on as if to say, this is who I really am. I'm putting on some clothes. Put on the new man, which was created according to God. Other versions say, just like God, in true righteousness and holiness. True righteousness and holiness. Not pretend, not I'm putting on a mask or making an effort. I am righteous and holy already in my spirit, and I'm putting that on as my identity and who I am. And then I walk into the world, and I'm confronted with giants. You know, as the Israelites went into the promised land, it was a lovely, beautiful land flowing with milk and honey. The first time they went in, the giants, they saw those, and it made them give up. The second time they went in, they said, we don't care if there's giants. We believe God is telling us this is what we are and where we're supposed to be. That's it. We walk into this life putting on who we are in the Spirit. You say to me, Greg, that sounds very theoretical and kind of weird and pretend. Is it real? I promise you it's real. You know, the way you look at the world, your attitude and your approach and your understanding of who you are changes everything. You can, I've, I've seen it in my own life and I've seen it in other people's lives where we can go into a situation and the situation is a little bad, a little good, but my attitude changes everything. Sometimes I go in with an attitude of I'm going to lose, I've always lost in the past, I've got no hope, I'm a bit weak, I'm a failure, and I will definitely struggle. Other times I go in and I say, God is with me. Like Caleb and Joshua said, we can definitely do it. We are well able with God. And the whole outcome is different. Isn't that true? And this is a daily clothes putting on session. Put off the old man. That's not me. That may still be this flesh that I carry about, but that's not the real me. The spirit is what's real and eternal and important and what relates to God and At the end, when the whole of the world is burned up with flames, this physical body is going to go, and I'm going to get a new one. The body's not the real me. The soul is being influenced and bled into by the Spirit and becoming the real me. But the Spirit is who I really am and who relates to God forever. That is me, and I'm putting it on. I am righteous. You say, does that not feel disingenuous? Does it not feel like I'm lying to myself when I say, I am righteous, I am healed, I am blessed, I am close to God, I am full of God's glory when I don't feel it? Friends, you've got to decide. Who are you going to believe? Your feelings, which go up and down based on what you dreamt last night, or the eternal word of God, the creator who knows you? And I want to tell you, if you choose to believe God's word, it will change your life forever. And I want to read on, because he then goes on to describe what it looks like when somebody puts on these clothes every day. I'm just going to read verse 26 to 32, and then I'm going to pull out two points. 26, be angry, sorry, verse 25. Therefore, putting away lying, let each of you speak truth with his neighbor, 
for we are members of one another. It changes the way I talk when I put on these clothes. I don't lie anymore, I speak truth. Verse 26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. It changes the way that I handle my emotions. When, when I've put on this new man, yes, anger comes up, but I channel it correctly. I don't let it cause me to sin, and I don't let it fester for more than a day. Do not let the sun go down. In other words, I deal with it. I either forgive the person, or I go and speak to them, or I decide to let it go, whatever it is, but I deal with my anger, and I don't let it fester, and it means the devil doesn't get a place or a foothold. Verse 28, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. I, I become a hard worker. You see how it affects your body. When your soul and your spirit gang up together, when your mind and your emotions say, this is who I really am, your body follows along because it's an, a, a nice little obedient servant. It obeys your mind, your will, your emotions, and your spirit, and you become a good worker, a hard worker, an honest person. Verse 29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. The way that I speak imparts grace and builds people up instead of backbiting, gossiping, making them sin, making them angry, making them envious, whatever it is. I'm gonna come back to verse 30. Let me jump to verse 31. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. This is what it looks like when we've all put on our best Sunday dress before church on a Sunday. Now, I must be honest. I love the way that Nigerian people dress up for church. It's awesome. <laughs> I wish I could be that fashionable and that fashion conscious. I'm just not able, but it's lovely. And I'm not saying don't do that. I'm saying it's more important that we put on the new man, which changes everything. My attitude, the way that I interact, the way that I speak, the way that I forgive others, the way that I let go of anger and bitterness. Amen? So now let me read verse 30 to you. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. I want to just spend a bit of time on this verse. Number one, he says it's possible to grieve the Holy Spirit. And that is a surprising thing. Why is it surprising? Let me, let me explain it to you. I have believed the verses in the Bible that say God's anger has been turned away from me forever. The verses that say, so in Isaiah 54, God says, a time is coming when it'll be like the waters of Noah, where I promised I would never flood the earth again. A time is coming where I will promise I will never be angry with you again or rebuke you ever again. And that is the time of Jesus. So let me just read you two verses about what Jesus said about 
God being angry with us and judging us. When the Bible speaks about judging, it talks about, it means anger, where God expresses his anger against sin. John 5 verse 22 says, For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. God has said, I'm giving away judgment to Jesus, and everyone who Jesus says is okay, is okay. I, there are other verses which say God's wrath or his anger has been fully expressed in Jesus on the cross, and therefore God is no longer angry. He's happy. There are verses that talk about the blessed God. In 1 Timothy 1, it talks about the blessed God. And that word blessed means happy. You could say the happy God. You know, in the Old Testament, God was angry. In the New Testament, God is happy because he's expressed his anger on Christ on the cross. Let me read on. So verse 22, the father judges no one, has committed all judgment to the son, that all should honor the son as they honor the father. He who does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life, shall not come into judgment, has passed from death into life. So God, first of all, has passed all judgment to Jesus. Jesus says, if you believe in me, you're out of judgment, you're covered by me. The example that I've heard and which I believe is true is when um, Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau, and he loved Esau. Jacob, he wasn't that keen on. And Jacob pretended to be his brother, Esau, and he covered himself in animal clothes, and he made himself smell like his brother, and his dad was blind, and he took some food that his brother used to cook, and he gave it to his dad, and his dad thought it was his brother Esau, and he smelt the smell of this, the clothing, and he said, ah, the smell of the son that I love. That's what happens when I come into God's presence. I'm covered in Jesus, and God says, the smell of the son that I love. Jesus, when he, when he sees me, he's not angry. I'm covered by Jesus. That's the first verse. Then in John 12, Jesus said this, if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has this which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him at the last day. So, first of all, God said, I'm not judging. I pass that on to Jesus. Secondly, Jesus said, I'm not judging. I'm speaking my word. If anyone believes it, they are covered. If anyone doesn't believe it, I'm not judging them until the last day. There's a period of grace where God is not judging because he's given it to Jesus and Jesus is not judging. He's saying, I'm giving you grace till the last day. So we got a happy God in heaven We've got a happy and gracious Jesus who's making intercession for us. But now we've got a verse that says, I can grieve the Holy Spirit. How does that fit together? How can there be a happy God, a happy and interceding Jesus who's patient and yet a grieving Holy Spirit? And the reason is twofold. Number one, God the Father and God the Son are in heaven. They see the eternal perspective and they see the big picture because they're outside of time and they see the end result 
And so even though I've sinned, God says, Jesus is covering you and I can see the end result where I work it all out for good. Jesus is there as well. But the Holy Spirit is here on earth and he's inside me and he is grieved when I sin. Grieved doesn't mean angry. It just means he is pained for the pain I'm causing myself, I'm causing others, the damage I'm doing to myself, the way that I'm missing God's best for me. And the verse just before says we're giving a place or a foothold to the devil. He's grieved that I'm letting the devil play around with my life and cause me pain and and slavery and, and stuff. So what I'm saying is this. It is possible for your spirit to be perfect. Hebrews 10 verse 14. Let's just put it up on the screen. It says, by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. It is possible for you to be perfect in your spirit, for God, the happy God, to be happy with you. Say, I'm not angry. I'm not rebuking. Judgment has been passed. Jesus is covering your sins. It is possible to be completely perfect and righteous in God's sight, and yet because my soul is being made holy and I'm still sinning every now and again, the Holy Spirit is grieved when I sin, not because I'm going to be judged, but because he sees the damage that it's going to cause to me. And what he goes on to say in that verse, Ephesians 4 verse 30, it says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Sealed means vacuum packed. Your spirit is sealed. What it means is I'm perfect forever, even if my soul is sinning, even if my body is sinning, my spirit remains sealed and perfect, and God says I'm happy, but he's still grieved because of the damage it does to me and the damage it does to other people, and because if I persist in sin, I can eventually become hard-hearted and reject God and turn away from him and fall away forever. Now, this sounds weird to people. People want a simple answer. Is God happy or isn't he? But you know what? Life is not simple. We are three-part beings. God is a three-part being. There is also time and eternity which are different. And the reality is, when the Bible says you are clean with the true and perfect righteousness of God, you are a new creation, you are one with God, just as Jesus is, so are you in this world. It's talking about your spirit and your soul and your body are not there yet. They're catching up. And while they're catching up, The way that I respond with my soul and my body can grieve the Holy Spirit and it can affect me and my family members and other people around me very drastically. How many of us have been in broken family relationships? The pain of a a broken family relationship is so intense because they're the people closest to you. And they, you've opened yourself to them. You, you are so vulnerable and transparent with them. And if they hurt you, that pain is extraordinary. And I want to tell you that God sees that pain. The Holy Spirit in you sees that pain. God says, I'm not judging you. I'm not angry. I'm not going to punish. I'm not going to judge or step in until judgment day. But I am grieving with what's happening when there's sin 
when all of these different things, anger, bad speaking, being lazy, stealing, all these different things, if you don't follow the Holy Spirit's leading, he says, I'm grieving with the pain and the damage that it's causing you. We mustn't minimize the damage that sin causes to us and to other people. And yet, God still loves us. So my three children are all grown up now. Praise the Lord, they made it. We said, we don't care what our children do. No matter how bad their lifestyle is, no matter how much they sin, they're always our child. We always love them. We're always for them. And we love them unconditionally. But we will tell them when we think there is going to be a problem when they're causing pain and making a decision that will hurt them or harm them. And especially... Um, with certain sins that the Bible says, if you persist in this sin, you could be alienated from God forever. We will tell them, but we will love them. Now, if I as an earthly parent can come to that place, that decision where I say, I love you, but I'm grieved, how much more God the Father? What do I do with this? Friends, you've got to be secure that in your spirit, you are not judged. You are perfect forever. God loves you. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus said, if anyone believes in me, he is no longer under judgment. He is passed into life. You've got to accept your spirit is pure. God is a happy God. He loves you. He's smiling at you. There is no condemnation or judgment, no anger, no punishment. Someone will say, ah, but Hebrews 12 says he disciplines those he loves. That's not punishment. Discipline is different to punishment. Discipline is saying, I'm going to stop you from falling over that cliff. And so I, I love you. I'm not judging you, but I'm just doing enough to keep you away from that terrible result that you're going into. And God will do that. But it's not anger. But there is a grieving of the Holy Spirit in us. Now, I spoke a couple of weeks ago about that godly sorrow. We can either go worldly sorrow or godly sorrow. If I take this sorrow of the Holy Spirit and I link it with my own sorrow, and I respond in repentance, a good result. The Bible says there is no regret at the end. But if I just allow sin to just cause more and more of the Holy Spirit's sorrow and my worldly sorrow, where I hide my sin and I don't repent, it just leads to a downward spiral of death. And there's one more verse I must tell you. Hebrew, uh, Romans 8.27 says, The Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings that words cannot express. The Holy Spirit is praying through you. When you pray in tongues, some of his grieving is coming out. Some of it is for situations and people. Some of it's for yourself. How many of you have been praying in tongues and you just start crying? Sometimes it's for yourself. The Holy Spirit is grieving for the decisions we've made, for the opportunities we've missed, for the choices we've made that are not right. So let me pull this together. What do I do? I stand firm and I rely and rest in the righteousness of my spirit in God. I am perfect forever. Then I cooperate with my soul and my body and I allow my mind to be renewed as I put on the new man every day and I try not to grieve the Holy Spirit. Somebody said, if you're a true son of God, when you sin, it's not, oh, I've broken the rules. It's, oh, I've broken God's heart. 
That's the attitude. Uh, it's not rules because you're free from condemnation. But he loves us so much. And he wants us to cooperate with him. And my final point is if we do this, the life that flows out of this, but it's, it's a, it's a long-term life picture. It's not immediate. We still have consequences for sins. We still have to renew our minds and start to train ourselves to think differently. But if you look weeks, months, years even, you will see if you do this consistently, put off the old man, put on the new man, you will see amazing life, relationships restored, answers to prayer, blessings, miraculous advances in your life, healing in your spirit and your soul. Your body changes. You stop sinning. Habits are broken. As your mind is renewed, you start to walk out in this new man that God has already made you to be. The errors that I am trying to address today, the one error is some people think I'm not perfect. I need to earn God's salvation and he's angry with me. That's not true. He is for you and he loves you. The other error is some people think, well, I can just live however I want and there's no consequences. That's not true. I damage myself and other people and I give the devil a foothold in my life. But in the middle, there's this place of a holy people who are putting on the new man every single day and they are the ones who are changing themselves and are changing the world around them and their families are influenced and the world is affected. Lord Jesus, please would you help us, help me, help each one of us today to put off and to put on, to renew ourselves in the, in the spirit of our minds, and Lord, to see a change in our lives. I pray for those who are under condemnation today. I pray that you would show them that you have made them perfect forever, that they are sealed by your spirit. They are clean and under no condemnation. I also pray for those of us who've been ignoring your spirit and have been grieving you for so long. I pray that you would help us to cooperate with a loving God who draws us in. And Lord, I thank you for a turning point today in our lives. I thank you that we will be different tomorrow and the day after and the day after, that we will put on the righteous new man in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.